We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. We are the uh, the DFS version on Friday. It's week 17, believe it or not. We uh, we made it. There were there were times where we weren't totally sure, but the NFL has, uh, has pushed through pretty well and actually done pretty well in terms of games the last like six or seven weeks. So, uh, Andrew, how are you? We've, uh, we're at the end of the regular season. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. We were talking last week. Uh, we recorded early because of Christmas. And we we're like, doesn't yep. seem like it's going to be that crazy of a week. They're not any big news. And then it seemed like by the time Sunday rolled around, we had all these different issues. Uh, we're doing this Friday, obviously a little less time in between and yep. goodness, it's, uh, there are going to be some names we've never mentioned before. And <laughs> For sure. you're going to see guys, uh, on the player pool that people are going to have. You're like, Oh, I didn't know that guy was in the league, yep. but that's, uh, that's week 17. Yeah. So week 17 is, you know, in the NFL is different than the other week, like baseball and basketball, you get like late week, the end of the season's a little, little weird, but Week 17 in the NFL, I mean, you have teams that clinch, you have teams that have to win, you have teams that are totally out of it. Um, it seems this year we have a lot more team, a lot less teams that like clinched playoff spots than normal. There's only there's only three teams in the AFC that have clinched the playoffs, which is crazy in week 17. There's four in the NFC, so there's a lot of a lot of open spots. There's not a, there's not a lot of teams going for those open spots in the AFC. It's pretty much five for four in the NFC. It's like four for three, but um, there's a lot of teams that have to win to get in. There's a lot of teams that. 
have clinched and like their seating is still up in the air. So uh, week 17, just a, a couple of things. First of all, uh, you know, team, it, the tough part, the toughest part for me, I think, is teams that have clinched playoff spots, but like only seating is at, at risk. And you wonder, uh, you know, how much they're going to play guys. Kansas City's made it easy on us. They're, they're resting all their starters. Pittsburgh's made it easy on us. They're sitting banned. Those are easy situations. But, you know, you get teams like Buffalo and Tampa Bay and Green Bay, New Orleans, who like if they win and someone else loses could move up. And uh, those teams are tough for me because you just don't know, A, you know, if they're going to play their guys. And then, B, if they get up at all, like it's an easy, you know, pull the starters at halftime kind of thing. Yeah, and the I think the one thing that I go in with is is teams that have nothing to play for uh, are still perfectly fine to play. Like, agreed, agreed. Um, these guys like they play for these contracts. Uh, the the idea, I mean, the the number one pick, pick has been decided thanks to the Jets being the hottest team in football. So like, there's no more like tanking. On fire. Yeah, the uh, the difference between like the third and the seventh pick in the NFL like really isn't that different especially right. in this draft like i don't think people you know there's I, I forget which team it was that uh they can still finish between four and nine or something like that but it's like you're not gonna lose a game just so you can move from seven to five like it so i think there are at least it, like uh a lot of times we see uh, teams tanking and we're like we want to stay away from them because they don't care but like that actually doesn't feel like it's a consideration in the nfl i say that easily on friday and i'm <laughs> sure we'll see teams give up on sunday but yeah, it's the 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 toughest one is uh, how how long are guys going to play if if they're ahead, and um, hopefully the getting ahead is you already got your right. fantasy points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I mean, yeah, those teams that are winning in. You're like, oh well, that's easy. That's easy to go this week. But like, if you look at Cleveland, if they're up, you know, twenty one nothing at halftime, like, do they think about sitting guys? Like, how? How far are you in that game? You feel comfortable that you can like sit everybody and get ready for the week after knowing that you made the playoffs. And, um, but like I said, I think the teams that are hardest for me are Buffalo, Tampa, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, the teams I have to hear that haven't said they're resting anybody. Um, you know, Sean McDermott, Buffalo said the stars are playing, but like, does that mean a half? Does that mean it depends on what's happening in the Steelers game? The NFL does a good job of like making sure all the games that affect each other are playing at the same time. We got a, a big group in the morning, a big group in the afternoon. Um, you know, so you're not only, it's not only if you're winning your game, but it's how someone else is doing in their game. So it's a, uh, it's tough in those situations. I think I'm focusing on the you know the teams that have to win with the thought that you know any kind of close game they're leaving guys in, um, or teams that aren't playing for anything. Like you mentioned, um, you know teams that aren't playing for anything. They're still playing their games. Guys want to put up stats, which is great for us. The only way that you know I think that affects a little bit is if someone tweaks something in the first quarter. I think they're much less likely to come back in in week 17 than they are anyway. But there's no way for us to predict that or quantify that. But like if a if a quarterback on a team that doesn't need to win or you know is out of it, you know tweaks his ankle in the first quarter. Um, you know, the, the tough it out or, uh, you know, come back in probably goes away in week 17 because it's, uh, you know, it's vacation time. Yes. And speaking of the schedule, we don't we haven't had one like this at all this season. Like it's pretty much split yeah, between it's the early and later slate. So um, if you have two guys that you think are basically the same and you want to just flip a coin, uh, if one of them is playing the late game, roster that guy, because that the, <laughs> the late swap possibilities <laughs> we were talking just yep. before we start recording about late swap and NBA. Um, but like. In NFL, uh, it works just the same, but thankfully we only have one uh, or two times you have to worry about. But uh, the fl the flexibility that you'll have using that late player that you can use to either swap to somebody else if you're behind or to block if you're ahead, like um, that that should absolutely be like a tiebreaker between players this week. Yeah, no, I fully agree there. And we've got we got some good games in the afternoon too, and there you got you got. Uh... 
you know, that uh, the Cardinals Rams game where it's a win and in kind of game for both of those teams. You know, whoever wins that game, can get it. whoever loses, it could be in trouble depending on what the Bears do. But, uh, you know, we got us and Seahawks Niners later on, Saints Panthers. There's a lot of uh, Titans Texans, which is the highest uh, highest total on the slate, too, is in the afternoon. So it's uh, it's one of those days that, uh, you know, you're not going to know how you've done by the first set of games ending where you usually have a pretty good idea. But we mentioned teams that have to win to get in. You got Cleveland, Miami, Baltimore, the Bears, the Rams, Arizona. And Tennessee, all teams that if they win, they get in the playoffs. And then the outside looking in, you have Indy who needs to win and then kind of have somebody else lose. And it's funny because the Rams in Arizona, Arizona, if they lose, they're out. But they're playing the Rams. So if they win, it directly gets them in. So it's like they they essentially need to win in the Rams to lose. But, you know, they take care of that in one game. So they're, they're a winning in team, too. And then you get the Giants in Dallas who need to win, but then they need to have Washington lose on Sunday night, which is the one game off the slate. We have a 15-game slate on, you know, FanDuel and DraftKings as the main slate. So it's a huge one. But the Giants in Dallas, you mean they're playing that game to win because you just don't know what's going to happen. You know, the, the, the Washington football team, I almost messed it up in week 17. Um <laughs> We don't. Dwayne Haskins is no longer on the team, which is wild considering wow. they drafted him last year. Alex Smith is kind of up in the air. You know, we may get uh, who who knows going to quarterback that game for for Washington. So the Giants and Dallas. I think Giants are the team that, by the way, that you mentioned that could either like be the five pick or make the playoffs, which is crazy. Like the swing with them this week is pretty wild. But there are a ton of teams need to win to get in. It's going to be a, a wild, fun week of. Uh, games and scoreboard watching so i'm i'm looking forward to it it's uh, it should be fun we've got holidays behind us uh we can focus on on some nfl on sunday i mean six wins to win a division is just nuts absurd like i always thought like you know maybe uh, it's gonna be gross when one of those teams went to eight games and yeah. the division we we might have a sit that's six is really hard when they played they all play each other twice it's like hard for someone not to get up to seven or eight, but uh, oh, six wins would be just gross. And it's funny we mentioned you know teams that like only seedings in, fa- in play, but you look at Tampa Bay and like if they win, they get the five seed, and like that's major. Like you essentially are gonna win the next game. I mean, who knows the NFL? <laughs> but like if you can play the NFC East in Week One, you know you have to go on the road if you're the five, six, or seven seed. But if you can go on the road and play you know, Dallas or the Giants or Washington. Like that is a huge difference from playing one of those, one of those better teams. If you, it's different to playing one of those teams and playing Seattle. Or Seattle, Orleans. I think, like, yeah. That's massive. Like that's a huge difference going into week one. And, you know, you got to win three times. You probably have to win three road games. Is that five, six or seven teams less, you know, there's another upset in there. But, um, you know, getting that FC East team is, is a pretty significant step there. And I think that, uh, I think the Tampa is going to definitely want to win this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the weird thing is, is that I feel like we have uh, like the expensive players we probably want are in the games that count the most, yep. which you could almost make the argument might be the tighter ones because they are, you know, the games between two teams that are out of it could at least be a little more like free flowing and, you know, yeah. nobody wants to get hurt, but like, you know, they're still trying and everything, but yeah. Prime um, example, you look at Houston and Cincinnati last weekend. I mean, exactly. two two teams are what have seven wins combined between them. They went to thirty seven, thirty one with stats everywhere. Like that's that's the kind of game in DFS. Like we're like, oh my god, Cincinnati, Houston. Who cares? But I mean, those are huge games. Those are Who games care? that counts. The stats count just as much. Like you said, they're a lot more free flowing. Teams are gonna. Those teams aren't punting on fourth down. We're like, who cares? Like you just you want to go and, and score, and I mean, that turned into a huge back and forth, but with sixty eight point game. So that's a it's a prime example right there. Yeah, I think. Um... I mean, there are guys all over the salary spectrum, obviously, but we we do have a few uh, kind of lower price ones that are in games that don't matter. That um, you know, maybe they get some extra opportunities, and just because who cares? So yeah, 
Yeah, and you, you'll have some teams that probably, you know, second half, maybe, you know, see what a rookie can do and that kind of stuff. And that's going to be hard to predict, too. But um, so let's ju- let's jump into the slate. We have the, the one game that's off slate. We mentioned Washington and Philly do play on Sunday night. So that one we will not discuss. But um, you had some high totals. We have five games that are over 50. We have Green Bay, Chicago. Tennessee, Houston is a 56 point over under. Uh, Minnesota, Detroit, mostly because Detroit's defense is just horrendous. And, you know, I think Minnesota has the second highest implied team total in the slate. I think it's Tennessee and then Minnesota, if I remember from looking. Um, Atlanta, Tampa's 50 and a half. Uh, Vegas and Denver's 51. So we have uh, we have plenty of games to choose from if you want to game stack something over 50 this week. You know, last week it was really meager in that regard on the 10-game slate. But uh, there are plenty of high-scoring games, at least on the Vegas totals this weekend. Um, or if they're not high-scoring games, you've got high-scoring implied team totals. So yep. like, there's, I have uh, I didn't update this this morning, but I have uh, the Colts ahead of the Vikings. Oh, okay. Oh, that goals, yeah. But. They're playing Jacksonville 14 point spread. So that, right. that makes sense. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've got uh, the top three, Tennessee, Minnesota, and uh, and uh, and Indy. That's a that's an interesting grouping of t- considering two of those are like kind of big spread games. I guess uh, yeah, I guess all three of Marcus Tennessee's favorite big over Houston too. Yeah. Uh, we got some low total games this week though. We have some really we have a really we have, 30, we have a 39.5 this week, which I don't think I've seen um, since like you know a couple of years ago at least. We have it's just been so few uh, games under 40. Uh, Jets and Patriots 39 and a half. Um, you know Jets defense is just so dominant right now that you just you can't score on them. So uh, you know why even try right? Um, I mean yeah, it's basically just, the Patriots against ask, the 85 just Bears. Just ask the Browns. Uh, we got we got uh, Steelers Browns at forty two, Baltimore Cincy forty four and a half, Miami Buffalo forty four and a half, and uh, funny enough, Chargers Chiefs at forty four. Um, I didn't think we'd have mentioned the Chiefs as the low total games anytime all year, but obviously Patrick Mahomes is not playing. Tyreek and Kelsey probably aren't going to play also, so that's uh, just a complete. You got uh, when you got Chad Henney playing quarterback, it tends to affect how Vegas thinks the game will turn out. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that's one of those situations where you're it's. You you want to convince yourself like oh it's still the Chiefs like you, you know and he's cheap and all these like just stay away from that game do yourself a favor yeah and that's a, that's a team that uh, you know obviously just wants to get to get to the bye week and kind of rest up uh, just for the record I hate resting starters when you have the bye week I think you it's a, too much of a break I think it's a horrible decision when you have the bye week that's that's three full weeks between games I think that's too much. I think you pretty much uh, you guarantee the first half of your first game is going to be a little rusty. And I just right. uh, the Chiefs can probably get away with that. Um, and they're 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 so good that they're you know whoever they play in that first round they're probably going to be um, pretty decent favorites at home. And you know Mahomes will probably get it going. But I uh, especially a team that in the Chiefs that all three of their playoff games last year they sucked early in those games. Like, yeah. they were bad in the first half of all three games last year. I mean. They were down in the fourth quarter, the Niners in the Super Bowl, but like the game against uh, Tennessee, they were way behind. Um, I think it was a game against Indy, maybe the week I, the week before. I forget who they played, but um, you know, as a team that struggled early in playoff games last week, uh, I don't I don't like resting everybody. I, I would have gone at least a half with all the starters. How did that playoff run go for them? Pretty well, pretty well. <laughs> I wouldn't want to bet on getting behind twenty-one nothing every week and then coming back. I get the Chiefs can do it. I get Andy Reid knows his team so much better than I do. I just, I, there, there's been so many situations where teams did that and really struggled in the first half of that, that first game. And I just think it's a dangerous situation to kind of rely on, you know, getting out the rust uh, in game where yeah. the, you know, the chiefs are so talented and so quick scoring, they can do it, but uh, just not something I do. I, I'd play those guys the first half. If it were me. That's fair. And he didn't call me and ask me though. I was kind of surprised. Usually, usually we talk on Thursdays, but he didn't yeah. talk to me. <laughs> Holiday uh, must've messed him up. Yeah, I'm sure. So let's jump into, uh, let's jump into running backs. 
Um, we have a couple of uh, big-name, high-priced guys at the top. Obviously, um, Dalvin Cook is not playing this week. He has a family emergency, so he's off the slate. Um, but Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara. Kamara is 9,500. Henry is 9,400. Uh, Kamara coming off a pretty decent game last week. Just got fined $5,000 for his shoes. But I'm guessing that uh, with the six touchdowns, 172 yards, and 56.2 fantasy points in PPR, he won a lot of people, a lot of season-long leagues last week. But uh, I'm guessing he's not going to care about the 5K for the shoe. And by the way, dumbest fine of all time. Because um, It's funny because I was watching that game. I actually paused it and showed my wife his shoes. I'm like, look how cool his shoes are. And she was like, sat down and watched the game for five minutes. So like, Someone who is not going to watch that game for a minute, sat down for five minutes and watch it because the guy's shoes, you're going to find him for it. It's just absurd. But uh, who do you like more between Henry and Kamara this week? Did, uh, before we get there, did you – my immediate response or reaction – I didn't play that slate – was 56 points doesn't seem like enough for six <laughs> touchdowns, right? Like, like It's the most touchdown – tied for those touchdowns ever scored in the history of an NFL in a game. Like, right. I would have thought that he would have had more than like – and I think he had like 15 more points than Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. And like – I would have thought like it'd be a different. You break, you tie the record for the most touchdowns ever. Right. You would have thought like it would be more of a difference maker, but obviously a huge game. But there were so many big games. Like you could have survived without him. Like in season long, I saw some leagues where you know Devonte Adams and Stefan Diggs got people over Alvin Kamara. But uh, yeah, it seemed like uh, maybe for a record setting, maybe it would have been a seventy point game or something. And he had the bonus, like the hundred yard yeah. bonus. Like it was a. When I saw the six touchdowns, I honestly thought like maybe he was getting close to seventy. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I saw 56, I was like, oh, well, whatever. Um, like, how do you not play Henry over? Like, how do you play Camaro over Henry? Like run it, running backs at Houston is uh, something that interests you. It um, I mean, it works every time. Right. Like and it's and he's the best running back in the NFL now. Like, I don't. How do you how do you I mean, obviously you play Camaro because everybody's playing Henry. But right. Um, I don't know. It's kind of weird to see four running backs. Obviously, only two of them are going to be active, but like four running backs at 9,000 or above. Yeah, it is weird. It's funny because we were talking Derrick Henry earlier this week uh, when we were chatting. Christian McCaffrey plus Mike Davis have more PPR points than Derrick Henry. It's by like one or two, but like I was amazed by that stat. It yeah, shows you how much how much catching passes, you know, week to week does influence stuff. But Henry was obviously, I mean, they're playing against Houston and we talked, we've talked all year about how bad Houston's run D is. I mean, Tennessee has to win too, which is which is big. I mean, and you you think that maybe if they get up huge, they sit him with a lead, but it's gonna be a while. I don't think that, I don't think you know twenty one three at halftime is gonna be like let's take Derrick Henry out yet because they're playing Houston, who can score points. Um, you know Deshaun Watson on the other side, so they they can score points. Houston's allowing five point four yards per carry. Um, in week six, Derrick Henry had two hundred twelve yards rushing and two touchdowns against Houston. Samaj P Ryan and Gio Bernard had one hundred and sixty yards and two touchdowns last week against Houston. We talked about it all year. I mean, I, there's not much to talk about here. Houston's defense, run defense is terrible. Derrick Henry's awesome. Um, 9,400, I, I think a lot of people are still going to play Henry, even at the price. What do you think the rushing prop is? The rushing's props, got it. Are you looking at it? No, it, uh, DraftKings and FanDuel don't have them out yet. It's got to be like 135 yards or something. You think it's that? I was thinking like 125, but like, yeah. do you take... <laughs> I, if it's, if where, it's do you, where do you stop? I'm, I'm going to uh, the closest state. I mean, go ahead and bet it then. Right. Like, where do you where do you not take the over? About one. I don't think I can take an over over like 140. Like, that's, that's what I was, yeah, 139 and a half. That's a lot of rushing yards. But, I mean, they got killed last week by Green Bay, and he somehow had 23 carries still. Mm-hmm. They just don't go away from him. Like, the only way they go away from him is if they're up – 
28 nothing at halftime, and they're like, okay, well, we got this. And, and even then, I think it's be like middle of the third quarter before they really right. yank him out. So, um, you know, he's not, he's got set what he has, he has 1,777 yards. Um, so I don't think they're going to try and push him for 2,000. Like, you kind of, you kind of have the outskirts. They're like, he'd go for 223 and gets 2,000. I don't think they're going to do that with the playoffs uh, kind of coming up, assuming they're winning. Um, so I, there's a lot of like t- spots in there people go for like big round numbers and stuff. I don't think they'll quite push that, but if he has 170 yards at halftime, they might. I was going to say, it's it's going to be like what everyone talks about when he breaks off an 83-yard run yeah, in the first exactly. quarter. Yeah. Which is, like, oh. which Houston gives up seemingly every game, even, <laughs> even to your boy David Montgomery. Like, yeah, we can't make fun of David Montgomery anymore. He's like, every week he's awesome. So it's... Uh, Anyway, I have to find a new running back to make fun of. Right. No, I um I think the the toughest part with uh, Henry is where you like the cheap players you're going to have to play to fit it around him because yeah. there I, there are plenty of running backs to play this week. And yeah, you don't I like have a to lot. Pay I like a lot of guys in the seven thousands too. There's like three guys I love in that range too. So it's going to be it's going to be tough. I, I like a few cheaper ones even then from there. And so um, like cash games, I will always play three running backs, and there are definitely three you know tons that you can play this week um and playing henry um not only means you can't play one of the cheaper ones but um you got to find one of your 3k special wide receivers who yep. can get me 12 points yeah we got a lot of those this week there's a and then the running backs there's there's three guys in the four thousands that we're going to talk about so it's like this is a week where you know usually we're like oh we got cheap running back at 5500 and maybe you get a guy in the four thousands who kind of breaks in there with injury but we have three guys at least who I have highlighted that we're going to talk about in the 4,000. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways you can get cheap this week. So I think that's going to help people get Henry in even more than, than in their regular week. Right. So if, if you're thinking about ownership projections for Henry, you just have to use Henry plus one of the 4,000 guys. Like one of those guys is going to be, end up yeah. being the popular one. Yeah, I think I know who's going to be, unfortunately. <laughs> the one I like the most. But uh, let's jump into the 7,000. There are three guys in here that uh, that I do, I do like. One... Uh, one more than most, it's probably Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, they, the Colts have to win. They're playing Jacksonville. Jacksonville's allowed um, four 90-plus yard rushers in the last five weeks, and Derrick Henry had a 215 in there. Um, Jacksonville's allowing 220 total yards to running backs per game the last five weeks. It's just they are they're awful. They want to lose. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. They have the they have the number one seed locked up, but it's not like there's something going to flip a switch and be good. Um, he's been a top 15 running back the last five weeks, five rushing touchdowns the last three weeks. He had scored twice against Steelers last week. He uh, still splits time. Naheem Hyde touches the ball too, but like, they're letting him they're letting him touch the ball a good amount. It's a great matchup. Um, they'll ride him as long as they you know get up to the point where they need to take him out. But I think that uh, Jonathan Taylor's a really good play this week at 7,400. Yeah, I think he's the next guy that people go to after Henry. I do, like, I do too. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I'm breaking any news there. I think he's gonna be pretty popular too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's just a matter of whether you try to play. I don't, I don't think many people are gonna play Henry and Taylor. Like I think it just really handicaps you elsewhere. Um, so that's, that's the lineup I'd like to play with and see how I can how I can fit it in. But it, it does get tough when you got two guys up there. Yeah. Um, and so if that's the case, then I think there's just going to be a lot of two V twos of Taylor and two plus two thousand dollars that yep. you save from from Henry. So um, Austin Eckler looks pretty good against a Chiefs team that presumably yep. is not playing. I mean. Yeah, when we talk about sitting Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, like they're gonna, they're, they're like stud defensive players are gonna if they play. You, there's only seven inactive, so you can't inactive everybody. Right. But those guys are either gonna not play very much or come out, and there's gonna be a lot of backups on defense. Also, I mean that's a, you know, that's an important factor. We always talk about the skill players, but like the, you know, Tyron Matthew and all those guys, they're not gonna, and Chris Jones are not gonna play seventy snaps on on Sunday. Right, right, right. Yeah. Do you have any concern about the Chargers? 
pulling him early because they I actually I actually do. I don't think this is a game where he's gonna get twenty plus touches. I just mm-hmm. don't think they're out of it. You know, he's kind of a guy that's been banged up all year long. I don't really think that they I don't think they feed him a ton. I think this is it's a week where you know, Kalen Balaj maybe gets some work. I don't I don't love Echo this week because I just don't think the Chargers are going to push him just based on the way they use him and based on the fact that he's been he's been so banged up all year. I mean, is there and they still have Justin Jackson active? Like he they yeah. he's a young one that they can get going. Like that that's my concern about Eckler. Like um Me too. I mean, we we obviously mentioned or I mentioned earlier, like teams that don't matter can still play, but like that worries me a little bit. Worries worries me too. I think that they they just, they, they have options and they, you know, they're playing a team that is going to be, you know, kind of playing like a preseason game. And I think that that affects the other side a little bit too. I think that uh, uh, I think Eckler, the, the talent and skill is there. The price is pretty good. I just don't, uh, I don't feel like there's a heavy workload coming, and I, I'm probably going to shift elsewhere in the price range. Is it Nick Chubb? Nick Chubb's interesting because last week, uh, you know, the Jets again started, played well against the run, and um, you know, the Jets had a lead. Like that game was really strange and. Uh, Chubb kind of got there. Like, I think he had like 19 points, like not what you want at the price, but he scored a touchdown. He had five catches. So he kind of got there a little bit, but you know, playing against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is clearly, you know, not going to, they're going to run some guys out there, but they're starting Mason Rudolph. So it's a clear sign that they are not fully going to this game. And he scored in the last couple of games. He's kind of been quiet the last two weeks, 26 carries for 78 yards, a really ugly yards per carry. But, um, and the Steelers are normally good against against running backs, 3.9 yards per carry, but then this is not going to be the same Steelers defense. And, you know, Gio Bernard did, did well against them. Jonathan Taylor did well against them. So maybe that maybe it's just sitting some guys. I think that Chubb at 7,600 is probably pretty low owned this week uh, coming off the last couple of weeks. And maybe people see Pittsburgh and kind of just go elsewhere. I think Chubb is pretty interesting for a kind of a, a low percentage guy who could, you know, hit a couple big plays. Do you think people go to Kareem Hunt at 5,900 because he's cheaper? Yeah, I think that you save what seventeen hundred. I just I like the security of getting more touches with Chubb. But yeah, Hunt's always very involved, and you know maybe if they get the the, the Browns are winning that game, maybe they kind of shift away from Chubb. But uh, yeah, I think that the price difference there probably makes people jump there, and that makes me like Chubb a little, even a little more. Can I guess David Johnson's not on your list? God, so it's so funny. We talked about Johnson last week. We're like, oh, where'd the hundred receiving yards come from? So he just goes ahead and doesn't do anything receiving, but rushes for 128 yards last week. Like, granted, it's Cincinnati, but 12 for 128 is a line that I'd never thought we'd see from David Johnson again. But, like, 15 touches is what we expected. Yeah, like, we talked about the fact, like, those those receiving, that you know, I can touch the ball 20 times again, but I just, I can't believe he did what he did with those carries. Like, that's, it's... It's so annoying. <laughs> but he's, he, he's 6,800 now. Like, I'm not playing him at 6,800. No, like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I will probably pay for it next week when we're talking uh, playoffs and we'll talk about, we won't talk about David Johnson that's slate, but we'll talk about the fact he burned us again. But um, I don't know. He was 1957, the first game against Tennessee. I'm just, I'm not doing it this week at the price. There's just too many guys in that range. I like more. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So what do you do with David Montgomery? He's uh he's 7,700. He's uh, kind of up in this range now. He's been a running back eight or better a top eight of running backs at five straight weeks. Um, he was good again last week, 23 for 95 and a touchdown, two catches, uh, he was really good against the Packers in week 12. He had 11 carries for 103 yards. This is his sixth straight game facing a, a team that's bottom 10 in yards allowed to running backs. So, like, the the uh, the schedule gods have been very kind to Dan Montgomery, although he has played very well. I give him credit that. Uh, what do you do with him at 7,700 a game that the Bears have to win to get in? I think this is another—this is going to bring me back to five weeks ago, like, before this run, where it's like, 
every reason to play Montgomery is there. And I'm just like, yep. I'm not going to do it. Um, I think he's just priced in the range now against some guys that I just like more right now. Like I would play, I'd play Taylor and Chubb over him. And right. I get it with Montgomery. He's been very, very good, very consistent too, which is, you know, just hasn't been like a, a couple big games and a couple bad games. He's been just really solid for like almost a month and a half now. Yeah. I just, that price, the, the, the reason he was so attractive is because he was so cheap for a while. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's like earned that price, but, um, I think there are guys below, I, I would definitely play Taylor over him yeah. and there are guys cheaper that I think are just worth the, the flyers and the extra money. So speaking of a little bit cheaper, um, what do you do this week with Aaron Jones? He's 7,100. Like the price jumps out. is like, Oh, I'm surprised. I thought he would be like, you know, 7,800, something like that. He was 10 for 94 last week, ran the ball really well, but they got way up. He only played 25 snaps, and A.J. Dillon came in and scored two touchdowns and won a bunch of people money in the showdown because um, that was the Sunday night game. There was a lot of people uh, screenshotting lineups with, with A.J. Dillon and them winning a bunch of money on Sunday night. But Jones is obviously really good. Um, the team's good. They have to – they're kind of one of those teams that, like, could improve their seating. I don't – I find it hard to see the Packers lay down against the Bears, though. It's such a big rivalry that, like, I think they would love to knock them out of the playoffs. But I wonder how much Green Bay will ride him. You know, the Chicago D is, is good. Uh, Dalvin Cook had a really good game against them two weeks. But they're a pretty good defense. Um, and they seem willing to, like, if the game is going strangely or if they're up or down, they seem willing to kind of take it easy on Jones. And that worries me a little bit in a Week 17 situation. But the price is nice for the talent here. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like always hesitate to play Jones as long as Jamal Williams is healthy. It just seems and like as long as Aaron Rodgers is trying to throw touchdown passes in the, <clears> of the five, which is just well, a, a, a crazy season long. It's just nuts how how much they do it. It's it's really frustrating because you like I always try to look at Jones's touches, and I'm just like that's I look at his touches to justify not playing him because like right. I go into every week just like I know that when they get close Devontae Adams is going to get four targets and if he doesn't get it then they're going to throw to uh, Robert Tanyan yeah. and if he doesn't get it then maybe Rodgers runs it in like so I'm just like all right so his last five games 17 15 15 20 and 10 um rushing attempts and I'm like that's not that many uh yeah. obviously the 20 kind of sticks out as a whole number but like 90, 130, 69, 145, and 94 rushing yards. Like yeah. 90 rushing yards in all but one of those games. It's crazy. Like he just, he does a ton. Like if he ever got it 22 times, like the numbers would be huge. And we've seen some of those games in the past. But the weird thing with Jones is like last year is like he seemed to score every game. Like mm -hmm. it was, and everybody's like, oh, touchdown regression's coming. My God, has it come? But it's mostly the fact that they just, they're getting Aaron Rodgers stats. He has, Aaron Rodgers has 44 touchdown passes. Yeah. And it's because, I mean, he's had an awesome year. He's probably going to win the MVP. But it's been because on the one-yard line, they throw the ball to Adams and Tunyon, and it's just they do it all the time. Like, we talk about it, joke around about it, but like, if you look at the season long, I mean, it's crazy how many other touchdowns are passes inside the five. Yeah. I think just like every week, he's a great GPP play because yeah, everybody's going to look for, for Rodgers and, and Adams. So um, Jones is just very explosive and Every time he has one of those big games and people win GPPs because they have him, it's like, yeah, that's yep. that's how you can use Aaron Jones. But like for a cash situation, it's just the I just can't get there at that even at that price, which is like good for Aaron Jones. But um, it seems like he's priced in a way where like you have to look at him though, because it's like I thought he'd be higher and I could like kind of toss him out based on a little bit concerned about usage and week seventeen. But they priced him down at seventy one hundred, like he. The talent at that price is uh, it sticks out pretty good. Though. Yeah, like if he was a thousand more on DraftKings, like if he was eighty one and like more than Montgomery and Taylor, yeah. you'd, 
you wouldn't think yeah. like he didn't deserve it's to an, be that high. It's an excellent pricing job on him. By we talk about them missing the pricing. I think this is an excellent pricing job. It's a spot where it's low enough where you have to think about him, but it makes you think. And I, I like when it's in that spot. Yeah, agreed. So there are two guys I like it in the kind of low, right at, right at six and then right under six. Is there anybody in the 6,000s you really like this week? Because I um, I don't really find it. Miles Gaskin was really good last week at 6,500, but he, you know, he kind of blew up in the second half at a couple big plays. And weirdly, uh, you know, he, he just he was so much better than than uh, than Ahmed in the first half. They gave him all the touches in the second half. And Josh Jacobs, 6,200, I'm kind of fully away from Josh Jacobs. Right? He, was, he was really good against Denver in the first, guy, the first time they played. But, like, he looks slow, and the Raiders feel like a team like they were so close to the playoffs. Now they're not in it. Maybe they just you know maybe not quite as fired up to play. But um, is there anybody in the six thousands you're really strongly considering? Um, DeAndre Swift, maybe. Yeah, he's well, he's he's sixty three hundred. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say like strongly considering, but like he makes sense, right? Like home against Minnesota, like maybe. Yeah, he does. I just like uh, I worry about fully number of touches. I mean, he had 22 weeks ago, but he had 10, what, he had 14 last week and 11 the week before that. I just don't know if they want to fully ride him in this game, but it's a good situation. Like Minnesota's going to score, Detroit's going to have to score back and they, you know, they're a mess right now. I mean, they got absolutely drilled last week. Like that was an embarrassing performance against Tampa Bay. Like when Tom Brady throws for whatever is 348 and four touchdowns and can sit the second half, like yeah. that doesn't happen in the NFL where guys just like literally take the second half off in a non week 17 situation. But um, I don't know. I just think the team's a mess. I'm, I'm not getting there with Swift this week. But yeah, he's a, he's a guy that's in consideration at least. He has five targets in six of his last seven. Yeah, that's nice. Including each of his last five. Um, could you call him a poor man's James Robinson? Uh, probably not a poor man's because he paid a lot more money in the draft than James Robinson. No, that's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, kind of the same situation. I just wish that there was... Uh, there was the usage that we had from Robinson all year, but uh, the targets are nice. He doesn't do anything with them. He hasn't have over three to 30 yards receiving last three games. He has four for 26, four for 15, four for 25. I just, I don't know. The touchdowns are there. Like the team to use them in the red zone, but I just, I'm not seeing like that. The kind of this is the ceiling with Swift that I, I kind of want. That's fair. So right below him though, we've got, uh, we have Jeff Wilson at 6,000 who um, there's been like two games where he's been active and Raheem Mostert has not been active and he's been absolute monstrous in both <laughs> those games. Uh, I obviously did to Niners. I watched the game last week and I was like, wow, Jeff Wilson's going crazy right now, but he had 183 yards rushing last week, 22 carries also caught a touchdown pass. The Niners did not run it well against Seattle in week eight. And Seattle's kind of one of those teams that like, could improve their seating, could get all the way to the one seed if Green Bay and New Orleans lose, which is probably not going to happen, but um, you know, Seattle's going to be playing, playing for something, but uh, the Niners has only had 48 rush yards against Seattle the first time. Uh, they do run the ball really well, especially with George Kittle back. Um, I think Wilson's going to be pretty popular at 6,000. Uh, the volume is certainly there. You think he's a lot higher than Ronald Jones? Yeah, significantly higher than Jones. Because of Fournette? Uh, just because of the big game, and I think people don't trust Ronald Jones very much. Okay, that's fair. Um because, like, if Ronald Jones gets the Ronald Jones touches he was getting earlier of yeah. the, in the season in a game that Tampa wants to win, and he's only 5,900 against the Falcons, who never throw us a wrench at all. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm over figuring out this Falcons defense. My God, they, they like looked like the 85 Bears against Kansas City. It was crazy. Um, I don't know. I think, I like, if we, if was, is Fournette actually going to play? 
questionable. No, do you, I mean, I just wonder, you know, Jones missed the last two weeks coming off the COVID list. I just wonder how much they actually ride him going to the playoffs. But I mean, he's certainly talented for the price that uh, kind of the, kind of the Aaron Jones model where the, the, the talent sticks out so much for the price. But I think, uh, I think Wilson will be uh, much more owned than Jones will be. Okay. That's fair. I like them both. Yeah. All right. What about uh, right below that with Melvin Gordon at 5,700? Uh, Philip Lindsay is out. Uh, Gordon played 51 snaps last week with Lindsay out. He was 16 for 79. He hadn't played 50 snaps since week four. So, like, it was a clear bump last week with, with Lindsay not playing. And Lindsay's done for the year. He's on the IR now. Uh, Vegas is allowing 4.8 yard per carry to running backs. They are really bad. Uh, Gordon's been over 6.6 yards, 6 yards per carry the last four games. So, he's actually, like, hasn't had a ton of work, but has done really well with it. Uh, Miles Gaskin lit up Vegas last weekend. He had two touchdowns receiving. Uh, Jonathan Taylor lit them up the week before that. He was 20 for 150 and two touchdowns. Um, I'm not a Melvin Gordon guy, but I kind of like the spot. I think that's a nice way to put it. Yeah. Um, I don't think many people are going to play him um, because we were saying we have some some guys much further down that you can get away with. We do. Um, so I think he's fine. Um but given the situation, is he better than Wayne Gallman? I think he's better. I'd rather play him than Wayne Gallman. Even in a must-win game for the Giants who have a horrific quarterback? <laughs> Boy, is he bad. I watched Daniel Jones last week because I had Darius Slayton, and it was really frustrating. There were a couple times where like he missed like pitch-and-catch kind of open balls to, to Slayton. There were like 12 and 15-yard plays. Like, what? He's so bad. Um, I just worry about Goldman's uses lately. Like he's been under 10 carries the last two weeks. He had, what, eight touches last week, nine before that. They just don't they don't seem to be feeding him at all like they were uh, earlier, maybe like th- three or four or five weeks ago. Well, when you sign Alfred Morris, then obviously you need to. What a what a weird, strange team. Yeah, again, they're they're playing Dallas, which is a great, uh, great matchup. Uh, we've seen uh, teams smoke Dallas for pretty much all year long on, on defense. And uh, Miles Sanders was. Uh, just kind of okay last week against Dallas, but they've, they've given up a lot of big games. Yeah, I could see uh, I could see Gallman, but I, I I prefer Melvin Gordon this week. Okay, that's fair. Gallman's what fifty three hundred, so you get, you save a little bit there. But um, let's jump down. Uh, before we jump down, though, why is Alexander Madison sixty one hundred? Because they couldn't make the same mistake as earlier <laughs> in the season when he was. It 4, just 000. seems weird to me that he's like more than than Wilson and Gallman and Melvin Gordon. When he's questionable, hasn't really done. I get it, you know. Cook, he had that one big game where Cook got hurt, but I was kind of surprised by that price. Um, I'm not playing him at 6100. Put it that way. Yeah, oh yeah, um, he, it's probably the right price though. Like as a backup, like he's he's priced as a starter. I'll I'd rather have him priced there than like four thousand. Don't get me wrong, but like I think like fifty three hundred with him a good spot where I would have to like consider him strongly. Where at sixty one hundred, I'm probably just crossing him off. Uh, I feel like 6100 would be the price for any player who was going to be a starting running back against Detroit. Uh, that's fair. The matchup is is so... Or, and and even thing. just for yeah. the Vikings, so the way that the Vikings use run, their running backs, I think. Yeah, and good, good game script and all that, but uh, he partially practiced on Wednesday. He's questionable play. I think he's probably going to play, but um, I'm not going there this week. Yeah, no, I, it's, uh, I'm thankful for the price so that yeah, I can just keep moving. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So let's jump down to Waylo. Um, we've got, uh, I think, three names that it might turn into four, depending on Madison's status. If if Madison doesn't play, I think uh, I think Mike Boone at four thousand will be uh, will be definitely in, in the mix. But 
We've got Malcolm Brown down here at 4,300 against Arizona. Um, Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson are out. So he is, uh, you know, looks like he's going to be the guy. They have some other guys there, but, you know, nobody that's really excited. You Granted, Jared Goff's not playing. They have someone named John Wolford playing quarterback from the, was it the AAF? Was that what it was? That, that played in the AF uh, earlier this spring. It was not the XFL. It was the other one. I think it was, right, the, American, it was the other one. American Association of Football. I think it was the AAF. Um, so we've got Malcolm Brown down here at 4,300 on DraftKings. We have uh, Ty Johnson on your Jets at 4,300 going against the Patriots. Uh, uh, LaMichael, I almost called him Samaj. LaMichael P. Ryan's on the COVID list. Uh, Frank Gore is out. He is uh, He's not playing. So, uh, you know, it's Ty Johnson uh, or Bust kind of. I think there's there's really nobody else there. And then we have um, Rodney Smith with the Panthers. Uh, both uh, Christian McCaffrey and Mike Davis are not playing. He's 4,000. Great. He's going against the Saints, who have had a really good rush defense all year long. But, you know, the, the Panthers have shown that they're willing to throw the ball a lot to the running back. So Rodney Smith, a, uh, a rookie out of Minnesota, is also in the mix here at 4,000. What the heck are you doing with this uh, with, this, with this group of guys out here? Because one of them is going to go off and be a huge play. But uh, which one's going to be? Um, first, uh, Alliance of American Football. Alliance. Did I say association? I got the AF, though, right? I'm, yeah. I'm going to um, give myself uh, three quarters credit there. I think the crazy thing about Johnson is that he is without a doubt the best running back the Jets have had all season, including Le'Veon Bell. And yet it took until week 16, week 17 for Frank Gore to be out uh, and P. Ryan. I think Johnson is the best of that group. Um, the Jets, as much as even if they wanted to air it out, they don't. Um, and he is, like I said, he's the best one of that group. Uh, should be a close game. Those games are always kind of tight. Um well, not always. Let me rephrase that. I would, um, I would guess, really? Always? No, very much not always. But I think uh, he's the, the better one of that group. I just because Jets, it is a little bit of a more known thing. I think the Jets would love to win this game, too. Sure. I think they're, you know, they'd love to beat the Patriots. They'd love to win three games to end the season. Ty Johnson had one game this year with double-digit touches. He was, 22, he was 22 for 104 and a touchdown against the Raiders. I... I don't know if I blacked out that game or what happened. I looked at that. I'm like, I wonder if he's had any games all year. And I was like, oh, my God, he had 104 yards rushing against the Raiders. Um, New England gave up 93 yards to, to Zach Moss and Devin Singletary last week. They gave up 122 to Salvin Ahmed week 15. They gave up 171 to Cam Akers week before that. New England is not good in any way, and they're really not good against the run right now. And uh, I think the, I think the Patriots want to get out of the season. I think they want to be done. He's super cheap. It's uh, it's hard not to like Ty Johnson at 4,300. I think him and Malcolm Brown are both going to be really, uh, really in the mix and pretty popular. Um, so Frank Gore, I think, got hurt early in that game against uh, the Raiders where Ty Johnson had his huge game. Right. So um, Ty Johnson has this big game and everyone's like, oh, he's going to get some more carries, like blah, blah, blah. Next game, Gore's back, takes everything. Um, but anyway. Uh, it's, it's really crazy how many carries Frank Gore had this year. It's why it's like we joke about it. We always joke about Frank Gore never dies, but like the the amount of carries he has is just nuts. I don't know what I don't know what your boys are doing there. The I know you have like a soft spot for him for his years in San Francisco, but I like love, I love Frank Gore. Um, he his like Hall of Fame Kate, like he's a easy Hall of Famer. The way that like the guys get to the Hall of Fame, but like he makes Jerome Bettis blush based off of his compilation stats. Like it's crazy. Um, but anyway, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people will play all those carries. He didn't top 75 rushing yards all year. If you told me he hasn't topped 75 rushing yards since 2007, I believe you. He was so good in San Francisco though. So I I do have a soft spot and he came off like 
whatever it was, 35 ACL surgeries in college and coming up. Like he came through so much. Um, it's uh, I get it, but I, I do have a soft spot for him. And he was he was really good in San Francisco, and I think that some of that gets lost by the fact that he's just hung on for so long. Was it a national championship game where he had that one in the the first ACL? I think you're thinking of Willie Willis McGahee. I am thinking of McGahee. You're right. Thank you. The gross, like the yeah, that was it was gross. awful. Oh, it's disgusting. Mm. Gore um, had Gore had two when he was at Miami, but the the championship game one was McGahee. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I think most people are going to play Brown because um, not playing a Jet is better than playing a Jet. Is not playing a Jet better than playing a Jet when John Wolford's your quarterback? And that we've, he, I mean, he may be very good, but we've never seen him play an NFL game because he never has. Um, I mean, if you asked me, like, if you told me his name and was like, what's his profession? Like, football player is not, wasn't going to be on the list. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's got a little bit of like get out of the pocket and run though. So like maybe that helps Malcolm Brown a little bit, but um yeah malcolm brown has played 40 40 plus snaps three times he was really good week one he had two two touchdowns he had 18 for 79 week eight he was 10 for 40 and then two catches did nothing and then week 16 last week he was seven for 27 and a catch like everybody's gonna point to that week one game like oh look what malcolm brown can do when he gets playing time but like the two he got he played a lot after that were not good so I don't know. The, the Cardinals allow 4.6 yards per carry. The first matchup against Arizona, Akers, Henderson, Brown combined for 27 for 118 and two touchdowns. So they were really good. They have run the ball really well against Arizona over the last uh, two seasons. Sean McVay has a pretty good uh, pretty good idea of how to run the ball against Arizona. So there is that. But I think Johnson's the better player. Okay. How many people do you think, at least in cash games, play Brown, Johnson, Henry? It's got to be popular, right? Like that's as you're building it, like, and you want to get some receivers in, like it's just it's just an easy way to go to start out. Do you think Boone is better than all of them? Yeah, I think if Madison, do I think he's better than all of them, or I think he's like, I think he's in a just better situation. Yeah. Um, if Madison is ruled out, I think Boone jumps both of them in in, yeah. in ownership just because he's on Minnesota. They know how to run the ball, and they're playing against Detroit, who just cannot stop a thing right now. Yep. All right. Any any love for Carolina Rodney Smith? I mean, he's clearly the, the fourth on this list just because we don't know anything about him. Um, he's 11 for 46 the last two weeks. Also had six targets, though. So he had he played he played 45 snaps total the last two weeks, had six targets. So, like, Carolina dumps off to the running back, and it just kind of keeps going. Um, I think if you wanted to get away from the other two guys in a GPP and, and fire a low, a, a low percentage dart at the price, I think Smith becomes interesting because I think they might throw to him seven times. Do you think he makes more sense as a GPP dart than Boone, even if Madison plays? Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, if Madison plays, I'd play Smith over Boone. Okay. Just for workload right. and playing against the Saints. Like, they're going to be losing that game. Maybe they just dump off a lot. I mean, they're all – all these guys are darts, although I think, you know, Johnson and Brown probably have that – I think the workload is a little more built in and they probably are a little more secure, to like touch the ball a bunch. But yeah, I mean, the problem with Rodney Smith really is that Curtis Samuel had seven carries last week and they're just going to like, they're going to use him as a, a little bit of a running back kind of, uh, you know, running back slash receiver at the same time and kind of move the ball around and they have two good receivers. So they don't really have a reason to have to go to Smith, but um, you know, I think the appeal of the Carolina offense dumping off to receiver does, does give him a little, a little bit of liveliness there. That's right. It's a fun, it's a fun running back week. There are there are plays all over all over the price range. Sure are. 
Let's jump into the passing game. Um, but first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with Rotowire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month Rotowire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use promo code ROTO, that's R-O-T-O, to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you receive a season's length of Rotowire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sports by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line, 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. So, Andrew, quarterback is uh, – I like quarterback is a little tougher for me this week than running back. Like, I, I went through running backs and wide receivers. There was, like, a lot of guys in each price range I really liked. Quarterback's a little tougher. Like, you kind of have to hope that uh, these guys get in a little bit of a close game. We've got, uh, you know, got uh, Tannehill and Watson going against each other in the highest uh, scoring game. Then we have Rodgers against Chicago at 7,400. Like, and then we got Lamar at 8,000. And, you know, Baltimore has to win. But, you know, how much do they risk Lamar if they're up big on Cincinnati at halftime? Uh, what are you doing in quarterback kind of in his, in his top range of guys? We also have Josh Allen up there at 7,600. He's been unbelievable, but, you know, just Buffalo ease off on him if they're winning. But uh, what are you doing at quarterback at kind of this top range? Uh, so my first build attempt was uh, Henry Fade, which okay. immediately made me go to Tannehill. Of course. So I think that's what you do. Um, if you don't want to pay all the way up for Henry, then Tannehill is, kind of makes the decision for you because – uh, if you're not going to take the best offensive weapon on the team with the highest implied total, then you may as well take the second. And um, we, we talked about Houston not stopping the run all year, but like they gave 371 yards passing to Brandon Allen last week. Right. They can't Absolutely stop the pass. They can't stop the pass either. Like it's just, it's bad. Um, yeah. I think he could be pop. I think he'll be popular for everybody who doesn't play Henry. Um, yeah. And playing both of them, I don't think is crazy either, but um, that's just a lot uh, of salary there. Um, it is. The Watson, I mean, how do you ever not consider Watson? I have, I have, I love Deshaun Watson. I've like grown in my love of Deshaun Watson all year. Like I just think they've been terrible all year. And JJ mm-hmm. watches JJ Watts speech, by the way, at the end of the game last week, I thought was awesome. I love JJ Watt. Like, he's just like, we suck and we shouldn't suck because the fans care about this. Like, give me more of that anytime. Like, I love mm-hmm. a guy who actually cares about, you know, the fact that you know fans care about this stuff. Yeah. And it, it's uh, He's like, we make a lot of money because fans care about this stuff. And I, I thought that was a really good speech. But I love Watson. I mean, he lost Will Fuller. And we're like, oh, this sucks. Like, it's his best receiver. Over nine YPA, three of the last four games without Fuller. He was 324 and three last week. We talked earlier. The game was like, oh, I don't know if Watson's getting there this week. And he got there. And he has got there. 24 plus rush yards in every game this week, five, 30 plus in five of seven. So he's building that, uh, you know, those three or four point rushing floors every week. Um, I just think this is a crazy game. Like it, it's the highest scoring game. They're seven and a half point dogs. Um, you know, as long as they're interested in this game and they want to, they want to play, he's gonna be throwing last three quarters for sure. They, I mean, David Johnson's there, but like they don't have, they don't can't really run the ball. He did, they did well last week, but um, I love Watson again. He probably shouldn't play, right? Probably shouldn't play. <laughs> that's that's my one issue. Is like he tweaked, like he, t- he tweaked an ankle last week or something. He tweaked something, yeah. My only concern with Watson, it's funny you mentioned that, is like if he has anything happen to him, he's literally going to take him out. Like he probably shouldn't play. I think he will, though. Uh, I think he'll definitely start. Um, yeah. I, I have a little hesitation on 
on Watson for that reason. Um, I think, and, I, and I think that's fair and something that I definitely need to think about before I decide because it's you get one quarterback and there's a lot of good options and I, I think that's a real I think it's a real concern. I think it's a good point. Like I think it's he should be and obviously we don't get points for should but you get points what d- does happen. Right. But like Lamar should play more than Watson. Like should in a, like should. If I were coaching the game like what should happen? I agree. Yeah. I think that uh, you know Lamar. The, I mean, the only concern is they get up, you know, 35 nothing at halftime and they sit him. But I think he's going to play. Yeah, I think he plays three quarters, right? But, like, how often do the Ravens score 35 and Lamar has, like, a terrible game? It, it almost can't happen. I mean, unless, right. the, <laughs> unless they have four rushing touchdowns, they do what, you know, what the Saints did to Drew Brees last week, which is possible. But, um, yeah, I, just, I guess the only concern of Lamar would be if you're up at all, do you just not call all those running plays for him? Right. That's fair. Um yeah, just they, like they have no chance to advance the playoffs without him, and they have a right. a pretty good chance to win a couple games with him. Yeah, I think they're just everyone like you just keep going down, and like everyone has so many question marks. Like we talked about, uh, Allen obviously like B- Buffalo could uh, step off the gas, especially with Pittsburgh already giving up on on Roethlisberger. Murray's matchup is about as terrible as it gets. Um, God, and he's a little bit banged up. God, no, on Kyler Murray this week. Right. Um, yeah. Rodgers is spiteful enough that I think that's the thing. Like, do you think like, I don't think it's crazy if he has like three touchdown passes at halftime that they go for 50. Right. <laughs> he has 44. I don't think it's crazy that they go for 50. Like, I don't think he's not gonna get six touchdown passes. Don't get me wrong. But like, he wants the MVP. They want stats. Like they pushed that all year. Do you think they pushed that in week 17? And it's a game the bears have to win. So the bears are gonna be right. playing. Like, I don't know. I, 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 is he that spiteful? Yeah, yeah, he might be. He's just You're like hesitating. Here. I think yeah, he absolutely I, is. I so Green Bay. Let's see. I'm looking at Green Bay's playoff situation. They have to. So they they're the one seed right now, but they have to win to lock that in. So this is a, they have to win this game. Like the one seed in the NFL is huge this year because it's the only team that gets a buy, and that's a massive edge to win two games, make the Super Bowl instead of three is huge. Like you look mm-hmm. at the 49ers last year. 49ers last year don't win, don't make the Super Bowl if they don't get the you don't get the buy the first week. Right. I, I don't think they would have won three road games. Like it's a huge. It's a huge thing. Um, yeah, like I think that Rodgers wants to win the MVP pretty badly. Yeah, I, I think he's great. I mean, like, does Wilson play a whole game? Uh, that's a tough one, too. So Seattle has a three seed, could move up to one, but they need Green Bay and New Orleans to both lose, which right. is kind of hard to see happening. But I mean, Wilson, the Wilson season is strange. Like we talked it's about really strange. How, how different his first and second half are, but – that's another game last week. He had uh, he had one passing touchdown. It's seven of eight weeks now with two passing touchdowns or fewer. The, even crazier though, two hundred fifty yards or fewer passing in six of the last seven weeks. Like he has not been a good fantasy quarterback the last the second half of the season, which is crazy to say. The Niners struggle with running quarterbacks and deep balls. They're thirty first in the league in passing points on balls thrown fifteen plus yards. So like the two things that Russell Wilson does, the Niners are bad at. Um, he was two sixty one of four against them in week eight. Um, I actually think Wilson's a a pretty interesting GPP guy this week as someone that no one's going to play. And for good reason. He hasn't been good, but um, he smokes the Niners. Okay. I, I Yeah, and I mean, they, like, I'm not playing have, him in cash, but I get it. No, I wouldn't play him in cash. I think if you wanted to be – I don't think anybody's going to have him this week, though. Like, it's a game that, you know, maybe he doesn't play the whole game if they're – you know, if Green Bay and New Orleans are winning or whatever it may be. But um, I don't know. I think he's uh, – I think – you can see the path to get there, but it's just been their offense is not called that way right now. And that's, that's a pretty big factor. Yeah. I mean, I think people are much more likely to play the guy who had three forty-five and three 
390 and two, 348 and four in three of his last four games. Uh, of course, we play Tom Brady when he has 196 and two. Um, so, that 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 was the weirdest, strangest, crappy. I have no idea how that game worked out. Still, that was just. Uh, um, they ran like nine plays in the first half. It was mm-hmm. the most absurd game. It was so. It was just yeah. Do you think was, more people play Brady or Tannehill? I think more people play Tannehill. Why? Uh, a little bit cheaper in the highest total game. Okay. I don't think I, Brady's right there, seventy two hundred. Like I just, I think Tannehill will be a little bit higher owned. But Brady multiple touchdowns, six straight games, and he had that first half last week, three forty eight and four in the first half. Uh, I have no idea what the Atlanta defense is anymore. Either, they're either the best defense ever or the like, it's never anything in between. And they have to win because I think they want to play the NFC East. I just wonder, you know, if, the, if they're up, they've clearly shown they'll take him out at some point. So I worry about that a little bit. Okay. But not but worry enough that you play Ronald Jones. Not worry enough to play Ronald Jones because I think they might do it with Ronald Jones too. <laughs> All right. But it, it's fair. Tampa Bay's going to score. I mean, they, they've been scoring and – I mean, they had six touchdown passes last week. I mean, uh, whoever I forget who came in for for Brady, but he had two uh, two more. Also, it was someone. It was was Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert, I think, yeah. Who is just the freaking worst? So, um, I yeah. Just, I was chuckling at your. You think they do it to Robert Jones too? Because that's how I read his name every time. <laughs> Not Ronald Jones the second or that's Ronald true. Jones II, as my son would read it. I like um, that. But yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, so if I'm going to save a little money, though, off the top, guys, why do I not just go down at 6,300 to Kirk Cousins against Detroit? I agree. Like, why not? No Dalvin Cook. So like that whole like feed the running back all game kind of goes away. I mean, if they get up, they'll give it to Boone and Madison. But multiple touchdowns in seven of eight games, uh, three touchdowns in five of the last eight, 270-plus passing yards in six of the last seven. He has two of the 10 best receivers on the slate playing in the same game. Um, Detroit's getting up 10.2 YPA last five games. They get up, they get up six touchdown passes last week to Brady and Gabbert, three plus touchdowns in four or five. Like Detroit has absolutely packed in this season. It's hard for me to get away with Kirk Cousins, but like every time I do that, I get burned. So it's uh, that's the only hesitation. But not has no reason to come out of the game early. And Minnesota's you know trying to put up stats, trying to win. They've shown they're doing that the last few weeks. Uh, I think if you're going to go cheap, he's the he's the guy down here this week. I think my. Uh, favorite thing about Cousins also is that it doesn't make me consider Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers is 6,000 in in a great matchup that theoretically he should be able to do whatever he wants, but now I don't have to think about it. Jackson was allowed multiple touchdown passes in nine straight games. Like they just cannot stop the pass. Um, Rivers is under 300 yards in six straight games. So like I just... I think that they want to run the ball in this game. I think they want to feed Taylor. I think they want to feed Hines. I think they want to run the ball. And um, he's only been over two passing touchdowns once in the last eight games. So I, just, I just think the ceiling is low enough on Rivers that I, I would play Cousins over him for sure. Great. <laughs> Do you consider e- any of the cheap, super cheap guys down here? The, the Chad Hennies, the John Wolfords. You get to get him for like, I think Wolfords 4,900. Uh, Henny might be 5,100. Uh, huge savings, but I just, a quarterback's so key in a lineup. Like you can't. You can't get 12 points at your quarterback and win. So I just, I don't think I could do it. But uh, I guess Wolford's a little bit issue because he runs the ball a little bit, apparently, too. But like, I have, I'm, I, it's hard for me to play a quarterback I've never seen play. Yeah. No, that's how I feel. I think the cheapest guy I look at is Andy Dalton. And I doubt I play Andy Dalton. He was huge. But like, kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, he's got three really good receivers and they, they, they all produced last week. And 
Um, they put up a lot of stats last week. I still think I'd go Cousins. Yeah, I like I like the Cousins idea at least. Yeah, and I got to figure out Watson because I really like Watson, but it's I think I think you make a good point on whether he plays four quarters in this game, whether he should play four quarters in this game. We we know he should not. It's yes. just a matter. <laughs> The question is, does this Houston feel the same way? They want to win that game, and I don't, right. I don't know. So, uh, let's jump into into, into wide receivers. Uh, we've got uh, at the top. We have the same guys we do every week. We've got Devontae Adams at ninety two hundred. They were in the snow last week. Like it, it, we're like, oh, he's not going to go that crazy in the snow. They were up in that game, and they kept throwing him the ball. Like I saw people. There are people in season long championships. Are like, can you stop throwing the ball to Devontae Adams for no reason? Like you're up thirty points. It's snowing. Corey Davis had no catches in the game because everything was so bad. Tannehill had like 140 yards. A.J. Brown had four catches. Devontae Adams, 11 for 142 and three touchdowns. Like, truly absurd game. It's really – do you think they're trying to do uh, Rodgers MVP and Adams Offensive Player of the Year? May, I, they, they made a big deal this week about Adams getting 99 points on – or 99 rating on Madden this week. So maybe they're trying to do that. I have no idea what's going on, but it it's insane how much they're feeding him considering – they had a huge lead and it was snowing. Like I, I, just, I mean, it works. He's really he's awesome. He has seventy touchdowns. He only played thirteen games. Like he has eight plus targets in every full game. Like you can go down the stats, but he's just the dude's unbelievably good every week. I am not playing him this week. At nine two hundred, I'm not either because there's a lot of guy a lot of guys. I love a lot of guys in the seven thousand, so I don't think I'm going to get there with Adams. But if you want to play Adams, like I'm not going to argue against you at all anyway. Uh, that's fair. I just don't see myself playing Adams over Henry if I'm playing somebody this expensive. So um, it's kind of considered right. You can't, you're not gonna play both of them. So you kind of have to play either right. or if you're gonna do it. Yeah. If you play both of them, you're probably going to be fairly unique. <laughs> yeah. And you're, I mean, you could do it this week with the $4,000 running backs and the $3,000 receivers, but yeah, it's uh, you gotta, you gotta, a lot of cheap guys got to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Calvin Ridley is $700 less. He's 8,500. And this dude's been, unbelievable also uh, over 100 yards four straight games we talked about the games where he has no julio he has five yard five games over 100 yards in, in those six games the other one he scored a touchdown in he was 10 for 163 the touchdown two weeks ago against tampa who they play this week like he was really good uh same kind of thing with adams like i think really really good he's just really expensive you know who shouldn't play this week calvin ridley calvin ridley <laughs> um i i get it like I get playing him, but I He's on a roll right now. Yeah, he is. Like he's been I mean, he's put up massive games every week for like a month and a half now. It's uh it's a he's he's really good. It's uh an expensive game stack though. It is. I guess you go I guess you go cheaper, you go Ryan instead of Brady and then come back with one of the receivers, but good luck picking a Tampa receiver. Well, I saw uh, earlier today, and it's only 50 yards, but Mike Evans is 50 yards short of 1,000. Yeah. And he so, would be the first player ever to hit 1,000 yard receiving yards in his first seven seasons. They're getting him 50 yards. Right. But did they get him 50 and he's done? Yeah. There's that too, right? Like, And it's just like the situation's weird. They had six touchdowns. They still swam around last week. I mean, I think Godwin, Brown, Evans, and Gronk had – Gronk had two catches, scored on both of them. But right. Um, right below him, we have Stephon Diggs, who leads the NFL in catches and in yards. Um, had a massive game last week. Had almost, I think it's like right around there with the same points as Adams did. Double-digit PPR points in every game. 40 catches the last four weeks. Not targets. 40 catches the last four weeks. Like over 130 yards each of the last three weeks. It's a it's a bonkers stat line for Diggs. I mean, he's broken out as a 
you know, all, people always liked him in Minnesota, but like he's become an elite receiver. I wonder how much they'll use him. You know, they they're one of those teams that like has the playoffs locked up. They just they're battling on seating. Um, Beasley got hurt like in the last series of the game last week, so maybe that's in their head a little bit with Diggs. Um, I worry Diggs is one of the guys that I worry about him playing four quarters. I don't think he will. I think if we knew he was playing the whole game, we would play him yes. easily. Um, but because of the hesitancy, I don't see myself ending up on him. Yeah, and 8,100, I'd rather play something I'm not hesitant on. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it obviously just, well, I mean, not that uh, Hopkins and Allen Robinson aren't good, but like the Vikings guys, like it's funny how you brought up Cousins because I actually didn't really think of Cousins that much, but I was like definitely considering Jefferson and Thielen. Love Jefferson this week. 7,600, I think is, uh, I was surprised. I thought it would be a little bit higher. I mean, he uh, he trails Anquan Bolden for 110 yards for the most receiving yards ever in a season by a rookie. I promise you that someone knows that stat in Minnesota. I think he's going to get there. Um, 70 plus yards in six of seven games. Detroit is just an absolute disaster. I mean, mm-hmm. Evans had 181 and two touchdowns on last week, and they gave up with four touchdowns to wide receivers plus the two to Gronk. Corey Davis had 110 yards and AJ Brown scored the week before that. Uh, they've allowed 100 yard receiver in five of six. Uh, I love Justin Jefferson this week. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups. So, do you like him? You obviously like him more than Hopkins and Robinson. For sure. Okay. For sure over Hopkins because Kyler's not healthy. And when we've seen an unhealthy Kyler, it's yeah. a disaster. I, want, uh, I, want, I don't think I want any part of that Arizona. I just have no idea. That game is going to be – the Rams are going to have to play defense because they're not going to score that many points with, with Wolford, you would think. I just – I don't think I want any part of the Arizona offense this week. Yeah, no, that's fair. Robinson – I, I, I never argue with Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson's awesome – Double-digit PPR in 13 straight games. Like, I think if you want to play Robinson over Jefferson, I get it. I just – I like Jefferson's upside more. I don't think I've played Robinson once this season. Um, and you it's love never him. Be- you love him, too. You always praise him. It's never because I don't think he's a good play. Or it's never because I think he's a bad play. I'll put it that way. Triple negatives. Um, fine. We're good. He's always just, like, a little more expensive than I can get. And I just, like – but every week I see, like, lineups with him. And I'm like, oh, that's how you got him in. And I'm like, that that makes sense. Um but Jefferson and Thielen, I think, are ahead of them. And I'm guessing you love Metcalf this week. Love Metcalf this week. Uh, my only concern is, you know, hesitancy by them playing, but the Fournier just can't stop DK Metcalf. Like, they don't have a player on their team that can stick with Matt. And we talked about it in week, whatever that was, week eight. Right. We talked about the exact same thing. We played him. He was 12 for 161 and two touchdowns on 15 targets. They just, the way this game is set up, if Seattle wants to play the game normal, um, feed Metcalf because the Niners can't. They don't have anybody that can stick with him size-wise or speed-wise. Their corners just don't work out well for, for DK Metcalf. It's just a, it's just a really bad, he's a bad matchup for everybody. He's an especially bad matchup for the Niners. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree with you on that. He hadn't, done a, he hadn't done much for like two months. Like He's topped 80 yards once in the last seven weeks, which is which is wild. I think he uh, I think he hits a couple of big plays this week, and I, I think he's a really good play at 7,300. Who's the next most expensive guy that, on your list? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I thought about Brandon Cooks at 6900 but I think he's a little bit too pricey. Me too. It's actually 5700 DJ Moore, I think. Wow. Um, Did I skip somebody that you really like? I just – I don't really trust Robert Woods with John Wolford. Um, Corey, Corey Davis. Davis. Yeah, maybe 6200 I That was the only one – I was expecting you to say Corey Davis. I'll, yeah. I'll put it that way. Um, I, ha- I have him on here. I, I don't have him bolded, but uh, – He's just a really up and down. Like I, I just think don't he's know. fine. Yeah. Like, his last six weeks, 113 yards, 70, 182, 34, 
one ten zero like zero. Yeah, it's tar- the targets have been up and down too. They're just like weeks that I think that if they wanted to use him and I think he could be great. I mean, he's really good. I think this matchup is great. I just think they're going to feed the hell out of Henry. Yeah, totally agree. And um, I don't, I don't think I want. If I had to go Tampa receiver, I'd agree with you. I'd go Mike Evans, but he's seventy five hundred, and I'm not playing him over Metcalf, Thielen, Jefferson, or the other guy in this range. We didn't really talk about that. I really like. I actually do like AJ Brown. I'd play AJ Brown over Corey Davis. I think this week. Um, but again, it's it, how much they feed Henry is the is the concern. I, if you're going to go Tannehill, though, I go with AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown is a, a big game this week. Okay, that's fair. Um, Houston just can't stop anybody. But like I said, I just you just wonder how much they run they run the ball. Is the DJ more liking that it's DJ Moore and he's always good, or like that matchup's not ideal? It's not. Um, I think they had to throw the ball a little bit. He was quiet last week, but five for 37, you know, kind of disappointing. But he had 10 targets and eight-plus targets last four games. I didn't think he's a guy that's that talented with that many targets under 6,000. I just have to be interested. Okay, scored, that's fair. Scored, scored twice in New Orleans in week seven. Yeah, uh, all right. I think he hit that, like, big play down the sideline that I remember I think I texted you about because it was at the point where D.J. Moore kind of had a couple bad games and I still liked him, and I, I was excited he scored twice that week. But... Um, 90 plus yards in, in, in six of his last 10 games. Like, I just think he's a really good receiver at 5,700. I think the talent is just, is just jumps off the page to me at that price. Um, speaking of guys who score two touchdowns, how much do you love Michael Gallup at 5,000? Love Michael Gallup at 5,000. I'm so frustrated that he was questionable and hurt last week. We played in the two weeks before they scored the week before that. So we did okay for us. But I mean, he just, he leads Dallas in targets since Andy Dalton returned. And like, he's a really good player. He's we can't doubt that he's a talented guy. He was really good last year in his rookie year. Dalton likes him. Um, you know, 120 yards, two touchdowns last week. They're playing the Giants, who I'm you know I'm not scared of. You know, I like to check weather there to make sure it's not gonna be windy. But yeah, I mean, Gallup at 5,000, I think is is hugely playable this week. Um, I think it was Jerry Donabedian who noted it in <clears throat> excuse me in his start sit this week um, that the matchup against the Giants is not something that you should worry about, but Amari Cooper specifically against yep. James Bradbury was like, he completely shut down in the first matchup. Which um, weird. Amari seems like if they, it's one of those guys that if you have that stud DB that actually like he has trouble against like top end DBs. And obviously they think he's good enough to warrant shadowing. Yes. And I guess he lines up outside. He's just that guy, but he's like, just that guy. Yeah. It's hard to do against Dallas because, like, all right, we'll just throw Lamb and Gallup, and it's right. really not that big a deal. But um, I think Lamb's playable this week, too, 5,200. Um, Bradbury should be on Amare. He was 8 for 124 and 11 targets against the Giants the first matchup. So clearly, they, they, you know, Dallas saw that and, and went a different direction, too. And, you know, it, it, if you have one wide receiver, it's hard to go away from him with, with a, a stud corner. But if you have two other guys, like, all right, well, you want to shut that that one down, we can just go other guys. But, yeah, I think Gallup and Lamb are both uh, – both really good plays this week in a game that, you know, Dallas has to win. And, um, you know, the, the Washington plays later, so they're going to have to win. And they, there's no, like, scoreboard watching in-game in or anything. Got to win the game to stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, Gallup just looked cheap to me. So I, I, I figured I, if I, I like him at 5,000, Scott's going to love him. <laughs> yeah, you you knew he was bolded on, on my sheet here. I, I sure. think he's, uh, you know, he just let I me. Mean, he's just getting a lot of action, and he's very involved the last three or four weeks, and it's changed since the start of the season. and. Coming off a great game. He's really good. He's their deep guy. It's just, it's, it's a great mix of everything for Gallup. Yeah, agreed. Do you consider Curtis Samuel in this range at 5,300? You know, seven carries last week, 106 yards receiving two and 52 yards rushing. 
Um, probably should get more carries. Mike Davis and McCaffrey aren't playing. We talked about Rodney Smith earlier. Um, his targets have been pretty good the last five weeks. He has like three of those games or nine or above. Uh, I wish he was like 4,500, 5,300. I think there's other guys in this range I just like more. Yeah, I I just don't see a reason to like buy in against the Saints. Um, yeah, like that fair. defense is pretty good. Um, and I'd go up 400 of DJ Moore pretty easily, I think. Yeah, probably. Which is the problem for me. Like I just... If I'm going to play one of the receivers and they're that close in price, it's going to be more for me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at this range. Uh, any love for Jameson Crowder? Obviously, it was, uh, was really good last week. Seven for 92 and a touchdown. He's priced at 5000 though. Like, it'd be hard for me to play him over Gallup or Lamb. Yeah, I, I just don't want to buy into, like, a wide receiver when I have a running back who's going to get 35 touches. <laughs> yeah, it's true. When you when you're carrying when Ty Johnson's carrying the championships, you can't. Yeah, like, well, also. Right, exactly. Uh, you got Marvin Jones in there, but I, I think that uh, you know Minnesota's not very good against fears that game script could work. But the Detroit's such a mess right now. Uh, what about the Giants guys? Uh, we talked about how the Dallas has to win. Uh, Sterling Shepard was nine for seventy-seven touchdown last week on twelve targets. Frustrating for me because I actually like Darius Slayton, and Slayton still got a bunch of targets, but. Um, Shepard is one that scored Dallas has struggled against the wide receivers all year. Are you kind of jumping into this passing game? I know Daniel Jones is frustrating to watch. <clears throat> excuse me. The, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Slayton is the one I want to talk about because if you were like, uh, we have a team in a must win situation yep. and there's a wide receiver who has 23 targets in the last three games and he's 4,100. You'd be like, yes, give that guy to me. And then I said, well, he actually has nine catches in those three games. He was and two for reached... 26 last week on eight targets. Like, come eight. on. He had eight, 31 on eight targets, 26 on eight targets, and 74 on nine targets. That and one included kinda, a 35-yarder. He's kind of like a big play type of guy, too. Like, it's not like we're throwing the ball to Darren Sproles here. Like, it's just uh, Daniel Jones. There's a ball in the fourth quarter last drive last week that I was watching the game. And, like, it, I talked about it earlier. But, like, a 15-yard out that was literally I make the throw. Like, it was that open. Like, it, it, if they're playing prevent, and he missed him by, like, seven yards. It was yeah, so like, bad. Yeah. It was so bad. Like, it, it's an it's a, it's a throw an NFL quarterback has to make in his sleep. And Jones missed him. He like, overthrew him by seven. It was insane. Yeah, I'm much more interested in the Cowboys receivers than the Giants in that game. So we talked about the Chiefs are sitting everybody. Does that make you want to play someone like McCall Hardman at 4,200? Like, are you getting into that in this offense at all? It's funny because it's like um... – Previous prices shouldn't affect how you feel this week. But like right. I just played McCole Hardman at 3100 with Patrick Mahomes. So I don't <laughs> yeah. want to pay 1100 more <laughs> without Mahomes. It's as simple as that. And I get why they priced him up. Like Hill's not going to play. Kelsey's not going to play. There's going to be a lot of targets available. But God, it's Chad Henney. I just, uh, I just no don't thanks. really do it. It's a simple no thank you. Yeah, I, I agree there. And I think it's mostly because there's other guys in this range cheaper that I like. A guy that's interesting at 4200 to me is, is Zach Paschal. Um, 12 targets the last two weeks. He's been five for 70, 79, a touchdown, two touchdowns, and then three for 64 and a touchdown. Uh, we talked about the matchup. We talked about Rivers. Like, we don't plan to play the Rivers, but Jacksonville can't stop anybody. Um, the Jacksonville wide receiver sl- stats against wide receivers are obviously massive. We talked about it earlier. We talked about that. But Pascal's a guy at 4,200, I think, is, is involved right now. He seems to be more involved than Michael Pittman does, a guy that we liked earlier in the season. Um, T.Y. Hilton's obviously the main guy bit there, but he's he's priced up a little bit higher. Um, I, I kind of like Pascal this week at 4,200. Um, I think he just falls in that fine category. Like, yeah. If, like, the realistic ceiling, I know he had 
24 points the other or two weeks ago because of the two touchdowns. But like, I, you just don't expect two touchdowns out of somebody like that. Jacksonville has allowed a 90 plus yard wide receiver in every single game since week five. Since uh, week five. I get Hilt, it. Hilton's 5,800. So he's kind of like in that range where it's kind of hard to get there. But like the Jacksonville's so bad against wide receivers that I just think that if you, if you could save the money and I think Pascal kind of, you're right though. I mean, it's a guy that is probably fine, but I think that the, the matchup is good enough that it pushes me a little bit better than fine. Yes. That that's, a fair assessment. I just, I'll do my best not to play him. Fair enough. Um, so we got some guys cheaper though. Um, I kind of like Gabriel Davis in Buffalo, but now John Brown's going to play. So I think I'm crossing him off and not knowing how much, how much they pump their guys this week. I, I think I'm probably off Davis, but we have Jalen Guyton at 3,400. I don't think Keenan Allen's going to play. We're talking about guys who shouldn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen shouldn't play. Like he no. two, two weeks ago, he tried and it was bad last week. He didn't play, but uh, Guyton led the, the Chargers wide receivers in snaps last week. He only he had five targets. He was three for 43, 11 targets last couple weeks. I just think it's a, he's 3,400. It's a good game script. The game script could be anything. Like we don't know what's going to happen in this game. We don't know if the Chiefs are going to score 27 against the Chargers because that's what the Chargers do or they're going to score three with Chad Henney. I just don't know. But um, Guyton's someone who's involved with a very good quarterback. We didn't really talk about Justin Herbert earlier, but um, Guyton at 3,400 seems pretty playable to me. Yeah, I think there's just like from a, cash game perspective i think there's just too many unknowns about that game that i don't lot, really want to go into it um do you have any thought on john brown though like we say we don't want to play davis because of brown but like brown's back do you think they play him a lot to get him back in the game shape for the playoffs you would think like i kind of develop that chemistry and kind of get things going with Allen a little bit colby is another guy that shouldn't play i don't think he's going to play anyway yeah. but yeah I mean, brown's 3600 like he the talent talent jumps off the page for 3600 there i just I don't know how much they push this offense this week, but yeah, I think that they're going to take a couple shots with Brown because I think they want to get him kind of back in the game plan, yeah. like you said. Yeah, yeah, I think he could be fun. What about uh, what about Josh Reynolds down here? We don't know about uh, the the quarterback situation in the Rams, but uh, Cooper Cup's not going to play. He's on the COVID list, I think. Um, Ten targets last week for Reynolds. He's been targeted a lot when he has played a lot, and so it's one of those guys we talked about a couple weeks. I think a few weeks ago when we were. I know we talked to him in showdown. I think we talked a couple weeks ago when it's like he's just very involved when when he does get snaps. Um, he has four games with eight or more targets, which I wouldn't have guessed for Josh Reynolds this year. But thirty two hundred, yeah. I just the quarterback situation is who in the heck knows. But someone's going to catch some passes there, and I think Reynolds is probably a pretty good bet to do so. Yeah, the the benefit about Reynolds is that we've seen him have good games. Yeah, of course they were with Goff, but like we know he's a legitimate receiver at least. So it, I think is, he's is Goff better than is Goff better than John Wolford? That's fair. Good point. <laughs> Sorry, Jared Goff. I just had to take, take a shot there. Jared Goff has looked terrible. Yeah. He's one of those guys, like, you rush anybody, he becomes just awful. Like, yeah. It, like, it's, it's really – and I think McVay hides a lot of his stuff, but he's been exposed a little bit this year. I'm, I've been surprised how bad Jared Goff's been this year. Hmm. That's, a, that's an interesting point. Uh, 49ers receivers. Uh, Richie Ayuk uh, is not playing as the high alcohol brain. Uh, Debo Samuel's not playing. Kittle is back. Richie James had like 400 yards last time. The situation was the same. <laughs> um, Kendrick Bourne seems to be the red zone guy. Um, I don't know. I just think if I'm going to play someone in the receiving game, I probably would just play Kittle. But um, I can see playing James based on the last game. But I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to trust. The, the Seahawks are playing a lot better against the pass than they were earlier in the year. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to trust anything here. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's not a situation I need to buy into. Anybody else that uh, you really like down here that, uh, that I haven't brought up? It's funny, like, on this type of slate, you're like, surely they're going to be like a bunch of like cheap guys that come out, but like they're, 
everybody there's no like reliable option down here i mean that's why they're down here but yeah they're uh, either you know game we don't know much about or they're a quarterback we don't know much about it's hard it was hard to like find a a situation where like oh this guy's definitely gonna play like Rashard Higgins is 4,500, but like I don't know how that game's going to go either, and he missed last week on the COVID list. Both him and Landry missed. But he had a lot of targets before that, but the Steelers may rest guys on D, but if he was like 3,800, I think I'd play Higgins, but 4,500, I could probably get to other guys too. Yeah, agreed. Tight end, um, we have no Travis Kelsey. He's not going to play this week, or if he does, it'll be very minimal, but I don't think he's going to play at all. We have Darren Waller at 7,100, kind of the top of the list. Uh, Waller's been massive the last four weeks. Like He's been an absolute beast. 34 catches the last four weeks, but I think priced a little bit high for me this week at 7,100. Yeah, I don't, I mean, he's got basically a wide receiver game log. He does. Um, so, but yeah, it's just like every week. I'm not going to prioritize tight end. Do you play George Kittle a little cheaper at 6,000? Is that a, is that a price you can get around or are you going to, you're going to drop down in the 4,000s? No, I'd like to, I'm going to keep going. Just there's the uncertainty of him just like just being back and, uh, I'm good. If you if you told me right now you guarantee me that Kittle plays 50 snaps, I'd play him in every lineup. But I don't think that's I, he played 28 snaps last week. I just think there's enough. He's good. He had 92 yards, and I think he's so far and away the best option in offense. But yeah. I just don't know if they push him enough at the price to 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 blame. They shouldn't. They shouldn't. They definitely shouldn't. I don't even know if he should be playing. But yeah, he shouldn't be playing. It's hard because and Shanahan said it. It's like how do I tell all the other guys on the team that Kittle's healthy, but he's too important to play? Like does not play. So it's like. Right. He's healthy. He, he's like one of the healthier guys we have. So he's going to go out there and play and he wants to play. I get it. And, um, you know, if I'm running a team, that's probably the type of guys I want out there too. But, you know, guys that want to play, but um, probably shouldn't. Um, yeah. I get it. So what, what do you do down in the 4,000s? I like uh, I like Noah Fant and Mike Gusecki, I think, the most down here. But uh, who 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 you like a tight end? Gusecki was the guy that I went to. Um, Tua likes to throw to him. Yeah. And there's and, no Fitz magic that's yeah. going to come out. So uh, the Fitz magic last week was awesome, by the way. <sighs> It was so that was so cool. Like the Raiders just can butcher things like nobody else. Like it's just amazing how team the players change, the coaches change, but it's just the Raiders messing stuff up late. But uh, that was an awesome. That was an awesome comeback. Yeah, um, yeah. Those two jumped out at me. Uh, Irv Smith not as bad. I mean, yeah. Irv Smith seems like he's underpriced every week. He doesn't get like a ton of targets, but like when every single one of them becomes a touchdown, then like and he had nine, uh, and he had nine targets last week. But yeah, it was the first time he's that's over true. Five, yeah, he finally so like, did. It's first time over five. So your point on targets is right. He's just not been a targeted guy. But offense that should do whatever they want against Troy is just a matter of the, the touchdown passes go to him or Thielen in the red zone. Right. Um, Austin Hooper's obviously going to take a step back because they actually have wide receivers this week. But yeah. that uh, 15 targets, but he only, it was like 15 targets for what do you finish with? Oh, he ended Set, up with 71 yards. yards yeah. The, the crazy thing about that was like there were a lot of we talked about DFS Twitter. There's a lot of DFS Twitter people that bet on Hoopers over catches and and receiving yards and receptions yeah. and targets or whatever it was, and it was over by like ten oh seven in the morning. Like it was <laughs> the first like five plays, like four of them went to him. And it was like oh everybody's catching their bets. So I was yep. cracking me up because that was one of those things that like everybody that plays DFS noted that you know they have no receivers and the books didn't really adjust it that much. I think it was the over was like two and a half on some sites or three and a half. Some bumped it up and he was over like. Within 10 minutes, it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, his original receiving yard prop, I know, was 29 and a half. <laughs> and it was definitely over that in the first drive. Right. So it was, uh, it was nice. Uh, I just think, I mean, I think Fant, you know, finishing the season well. He has 68 and 65 yards last couple. He's a guy that we always think is talented. Um, apparently, Jerry Judy can't catch a football. So maybe uh, maybe they go. He had six drops last week. Six. 
I don't think Devontae Adams has six drops in his life. Like it, it, uh, that's six... not true. Adam Adams was a was a dropper early in his career. He doesn't drop the ball anymore. You're right. He but wasn't dropping anymore, early no. on. But like Judy had six drops last last week. Like that's oh nuts. But uh, it's amazing had... that like after four he kept getting passes thrown to him. Yes, there's that also. And and Fant's forty four hundred. He had twenty targets last two weeks. I think he's definitely very live. But you mentioned with Gasecki, I think Tua just kind of relies on him, and you, you can see that uh, you know since Tua started, he's just a lot more active in the offense. Top 50 yards, three games in a row. I think those are the two guys down here that uh, that I like the most. Yeah. Do you think if Judy played for the Packers, he'd never play again for them after dropping six passes? Never, never, there's no way he'd drop more than three because Rodgers wouldn't go back to him. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Oh, man. Can you imagine the looks he would have got? I just, I like Judy. He gets open. Like, his route running is mm-hmm. beautiful to watch. But, like, six drops. Like, that was, he had so many targets. It was crazy. But, yeah. A lot of guys that had you're right. You make a good point. Though. A lot of guys had drops earlier in their career. That Jerry Rice had a lot of drops his rookie year, and I don't think dropped a pass again after that. And we mentioned Adams. <laughs> you're right. He dropped a bunch of balls, and now like everything close he catches. So yeah, um, there is that. Is there any any tight ends in, in the super cheap range that you like? Um, none that like jumped out that I can think of them now. Like the everybody else is just kind of a guy. And um, if I, uh, if if Hunter Henry sits. And Keenan Allen sits. I think Steven Anderson, if you really need to save money at 2600, is the only guy down here that I really like could could talk myself into. He had six targets last week. Uh, Henry didn't play. He was four for 48. Because um, everybody played Parham. Everybody played Parham. Um, yeah, Parham. Uh, if Henry doesn't play and Allen doesn't play, I could. if you wanted to save a bunch of money, that's the one play I could see kind of getting down here with. That's fair. I don't that's, again, it. the game that like I just didn't want any part of. <laughs> I have no idea what's gonna happen in that game. Like I don't, and I don't, yeah. anybody that tells you they do is like is full of it because we don't know. It's gonna be Kansas City's probably not gonna play anybody, and you know, does, do the Chargers like light that up, or they just kind of right want to go to the go to go to the off season? I just it's been such a weird year for the Chargers, but and they have so many guys banged up too. Like we we talk about Mike Williams, the receiver, he's five thousand. He had ten targets last week, but again, I just this game is just not one that I'm really focusing on either. Totally. Uh, there's a couple of cheap defenses I like uh, this week, but uh, who do you like at defense? The Jets. It's one of them. 2,300 against Cam Newton. Bring it. Jets have seven sacks last yeah. week. Yeah. New England's allowed 12 sacks. Cam Newton is not going to – shouldn't play this whole game. Cam Newton can't throw the ball more than like 12 yards right now. It's, it's kind of hard to watch because, I mean, Cam was really good in the past and with the Super Bowl and all that. But uh, that offense is a mess. They want to get out of there. And if you're probably going to get some Jared Stidham in this game too, which, you know, if I'm playing a defense, I, I like that also. Yeah, I'm a – I didn't even look at anybody else. The only other one down that range is, is the Browns at 2,500 against Pittsburgh. Um, sure. If you want to talk about to have to win and you want to talk about motivation, the Browns against Mason Rudolph is probably as much motivation as human beings could have to um, get to the quarterback. That's fair. Uh, we, won't, we won't get into that whole situation, but uh, they have 10 sacks last four weeks, and I think that um, I think they want to kill Mason Rudolph. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize they were that cheap. I didn't either. And I looked at him like those, those, like those two stuck out to me right off the page. I think I'm going to go most lines with those two. If you're going a little more expensive, I think the Colts against Jacksonville make a lot of sense at 3,900, but hard to pay that when you get some pretty, usually we're like, you know, the 2,500 are cheaper. We're like, Oh, we could see this is working out if it gets lucky. But like, those are two options. I actually kind of like this week. Me too. It's hard to get. Um, I think Seattle against the Niners makes sense at 3,000. They have 10 sacks last two weeks. The Niners have allowed nine sacks last two weeks. I think CJ Beathard, 
is way better at not making mistakes than Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, as we talked about before, is um, irrationally confident, which is <laughs> it's just like he may he thinks he can just do stuff that he can't, yeah. which is great when you want to play a defense. So I don't I don't like the defense quite as much as CJ because I think CJ is a lot safer. I don't he probably doesn't make the upside throws kind of like we talked about Mullins like the poor man's Jameis Winston and how he plays, but. Um, I think the, C- the Seahawks uh, make sense uh, at 3,000. The Niners are just kind of – their offense is just banged up right now. Yeah. It has been all year. Um, that's kind of the – those are kind of the only ones I really liked. I mean, you can go Baltimore against Cincy, but 4,200, it's hard for me to spend 2,000 more than the Jets and Browns. Imagine saying that, Scott. Yeah, I know. Imagine a week one where like, you know what? I think later this year I'm going to love the Jets and the Browns defense, especially against the Steelers and the Patriots. Yeah, in New England. Yeah, and in Pittsburgh. Is that like in that, Pittsburgh? That hasn't made sense in like 25 years to do Yeah, that. ever actually. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, going to see those in Patriots offenses. But yeah, I think uh, I think most of my laps are going to have one of those two defenses and, and save the money because I think there's a lot of a lot of guys up top that I, I'd like to spend some money on this week. Me too. Yeah, definitely. Week 17. Uh, anything else that uh, you got? You want to say you got this on your mind here in this uh, 2021? No, it's uh, I'm ready for the playoffs. Yeah. I think I'd like to. I think that this week has a little more intrigue than most week 17s do. But yeah, I think that uh, by about halfway through here, I'm like, um, let's go. <laughs> we will. Uh, we will be doing um, podcasts for the playoffs. That's correct, right? Yes. You're the boss here, so I just want to confirm that with you before I committed to that. Uh, <laughs> we will be doing the playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl. So there's a uh, you know DFS is uh, the fun part about the playoffs now with DFS that it, it, it just keep, the fantasy season keeps going. Like we're, we're getting extra, too, yeah. we get extra two games this week too, or mm-hmm. in the first, uh, first round too. So we get six games in the wild card, which is like a, a pretty a pretty darn good slate. Like, uh, yeah. I usually like the four game uh, slates. We'll get that championship weekend, but a six game slate will be will be fun to break down. Obviously, a lot of really good teams, really good players. So we'll be back at you uh, next Friday talking playoffs. Hope everybody has a really good week 17. Hope everybody has a happy new year, happy uh, 2021 as we're starting here on January 1st. Other than that, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Scott Jensted. Andrew is at Rotowire Andrew. You can please rate and review the podcast. We can also appreciate that too. Other than that, hope everybody has a good weekend and take care. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.